welcome to Witch, the Women in Technology Creative Industries Hub, elevating the voices of women in tech. My name is Bishi, the founder of Witch. In this podcast, I'll be talking to a woman in tech about her work, journey, life, and process. In this episode, I'm talking to Laura Kreefman, the director, producer, and artist behind Helion Traced. We'll be exploring the relationship between the performing arts and creative technology. Please do like, review, and subscribe. We're a new podcast, and every bit of support helps. Hello, Laura Kreefman, and welcome to The Witch Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing brilliantly. I'm very pleased to be here in the room with you. I know. I am so pleased as well. So just to let our listeners know, we tried this over Skype, and it was really weird because I couldn't see you. So (laughs) it was kind of like almost successful. And I was in my office, and there were lots of people trying to catch my attention. I was like, oh, we've not got this quite right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, So it's so good because we, both of us could literally talk for hours so we're gonna we're gonna we try can. which is amazing and one of the great things about doing which is being able to meet extraordinary artists and with them we will end up as friends and that's wonderful um so to start the interview where did your love of technology begin ah that's a very good question so i think if uh, my love of technology came because i think i wasn't able to do what I wanted to do with just using choreography and there was something extraordinary about when I started to play and just hack with some really dodgy bits of kit that the movement quality and the relationship with sound just completely changed and the choreographic language and the way the dancers were moving and the way where movement could be and what movement could be and what is perceived as movement just all just cascaded into a new place. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm 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 living here. This is way better than anything I've had before. But I think if I was being even more honest, I have really strong memories of um uh my dad in his office used to have a BBC computer and we had on um a book which was a like a coding book, and this and my dad my dad folded his company when I was about like nine or ten. So this must have been no maybe about six. But it was like you had to do the lines of X's and the spaces, and you'd make a rabbit that would jump up and down on the screen. It was like really simple coding, and you'd make a little green rabbit that jumped basically. And I, I have really strong memories of that. And there was something about when I started playing with this stuff that brought that all the way back round and that was quite unexpected to really be hit with that um, childhood inset day we're just going to keep the kid quiet in the corner playing on the computer <laughs> whilst they're doing xxx space 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 xxx return xxxx space 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 you know that kind yeah. of you know um, so yeah so I think there's this weird double analogy with about 20 years in between yeah synergy so in your practice and in your art, there is choreography, there is interactivity, there are lights, there are cranes. Tell me, Laura, <laughs> how would you describe your artistic practice and what you do? Yeah, um, I think the way I've bottled it down now is I say that I'm obsessed with fusing movement and technology together. And I'm really obsessed with what the evolution 
of our relationship with movement can be as a consequence. So that's both what we perceive. Oh, okay. <laughs> Classic. Here we go. Um, <laughs> it's both where we can perceive movement. So kind of like things like making industrial construction cranes do synchronized dance routines. Those cranes, those things in our cities are already inherently moving. They already have this extraordinary quality and combination of patterns, but we just don't see them as movement, as choreography. Or they live in a different world. And so some of the things that we do, like these big spectacles, they're about that. They're about changing that perception of what movement can be. Some things are about changing our relationships with our own movement and giving us a memory of doing something, whether it's looking up or playing together or collaborating um, and moving in a different way, like arriving at an event and ending up taking part in a self-led Kaylee because you've got little robots on your arms and there's music with instructions in it. And, you know, um, that change our confidence in how we move ourselves. And then... The, the third way, which is where I probably kind of find the most interesting in a different way, is where you take old existing dance forms and you go, well, if you combine this with technology, what's the new hybrid? And that's where actually a lot of the um, really interesting investigation combining with music has come into it as well. You know, so this kind of like level of seeing sound and the almost synesthesia in all of these projects and sense of spectacle and awe. I like doing things that are kind of give a level of joy as well. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, I know all about it because <laughs> I've seen you perform. Um, how would you describe a typical performance if there is such a thing? Oh, good what, question. What what formation are you performing in at the moment? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just whispered, obviously I know, but this is to the listeners. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Hello. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, so I have a solo show that I've been touring, which um, I get to perform with you at some of your nights, which is epic um but also which i performed i headlined one of the music tech days at south by southwest last year and i'm doing gigs around it everything from science festivals to music festivals to steam events so science technology engineering arts and maths oh that's the ah, first i've heard steam oh, yes 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 mate <laughs> yes steam steam okay. um, so that is a project where i use the percussive sounds to tap and i make it sound like i'm playing any instrument i like in real time and i loop and layer it and add in vocals so you're hearing full compositions being built up but I also have a sound reactive LED costume on. So I am literally being painted in light and in animations which are reacting in real time to the music I'm creating. So you're seeing sound and I both appear and disappear on stage depending whether or not I'm generating sound. So you're also playing with the absence of sound and the decay of light and um, mad things around that. So. I am at the moment working on the nightclub version of that, which will be a multi-performer extravaganza. Coming uh, to a dance floor near you. Oh my God, is it? It's like... People it's, will freak out. Yes. So it's a proper, it'll be five performers. It'll be dance hall, Afrobeat, techno. It's a proper club experience. 
but all generated live by these performers generating all the visuals in the space and you as an audience can move around and dance amongst them. And uh, so that's been that's really exciting to be developing alongside the slightly uh, more electronic kind of avant garde music that I create myself, kind of looking at the more commercial um, uh, accessible stuff and where that, ch- that where that can tour to like what that is is an experience I can literally hear like the club promoters I know like wetting their knickers right <laughs> great <laughs> sort that out oh yeah hell yes because um, <clears throat> I saw this performance at the British Library for the Algorave mm. where Laura made the most epic uh, entrance down the main stairs of the British Library. It was so good. And it's actually on the Witch Instagram because I was so proud of that video that I took on my phone. Anyway, I would describe it as Laurie Anderson meets Oscar Schlemmer. Um, Oscar Schlemmer was a choreographer and dancer with the Bauhaus movement. And if you watch his videos, um, you can see a, a big Lee Bowery uh, inspiration. Uh, whether or not Lee actually looked at Oscar Schlemmer's work is something that I don't know. But I would urge you to go and watch it on the Witch Instagram and then go and check out everything on Laura because it was so great. And oh, it is so great. Thanks. It's so great, darling. It's so lovely. And it's lovely doing collaborations with that because I was working with Coral Manton, who's one of the Algorave um, women. And, and that was brilliant because we were taking samples I use in my set and then she was using those within her Algorave live coding. So she was generating all the bass lines and I was generating all the live melodies with my feet and my voice over the top and so our computers were synced as well so she could shift the tempo and change how the loops were going and it was so it was a really lovely dynamic live set between the two of us plus everything we were generating was generating all the visuals all over me um uh, and then so at those kind of moments where you are pushing the boundaries of what uh, the relationship between live sound and composition and movement and um, rhythmical form is just gets really exciting, I think. Yeah. So does Coral manipulate all of that in Ableton or is there another program that she uses? She uses another program that Gobbler, I think it is. Oh, I've never heard of that. Gobbler. I think it's called Gobbler. So there's um there's a couple of programs which Great a lot game. of the algorithms <laughs> like to use, which allow the live coding to be right. very speedy. So that's why we gave her my sample bank yeah. and then made sure both of us our sets. And then our she does link to Ableton Live as well. So that's why we were able to do some of the stuff. So there was a double <coughs> correlation going yeah. on with the computers as well. Oh, I see. Ah. Oh, the secret's out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me about the piece that you did with cranes. Ah, yes. The crane dance, because this is beautiful. And it's, again, if you Google crane dance, Laura Kriefman, it yeah. should come up. Right. Please, everybody do that, because it's transcendental. What is it? Am, uh, I, am I even saying the right name? Yeah, crane oh. dance. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally. Hooray, exactly I got it right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I made three industrial construction cranes do a synchronised dance routine to live music for an audience of 10,000 people. And uh, we did something extraordinary, like reach 4 million people online um, on an event that was supposed to be the test performance. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. Baptism of fire. Here we go. Um, So we worked with the amazing Studio 360 to do the lighting design. So all the lighting on the cranes was completely dynamic. And um, we basically, it was the music. We did the event in Bristol. 
the first event in Bristol and the music was very Bristolian. It was Bangra versions of old working songs and sea shanties, which was all about this kind of like the real international heritage of Bristol as a port and uh, and uh, also just Bristol in its best. And it was very funny because we had a guest boat with a lot of Londoners on board and the whole of the Bristol audience were like, yes, mate. And the Londoners were like, what's this? Really? <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. They just found the music was so confused, like so not what they were anticipating. Whereas the whole of Bristol was like, yeah, that's totally us. That's and so cool. Yeah, it was really, really great. And so, yeah, the, we made these cranes do a synchronized dance routine. So it was all timed and coordinated with the music and with the lights as a big spectacle. And um, and those really big events, I adore doing, you know, weirdly. And what I've realized over the years is that's where my brain um, is finds things really easily, re- really easy. Um, you know, whether or not that's robot arms making them do synchronized dance routines like the ones you get in car factories um, or whether or not it's doing a mass boat dance or somebody approached me the other year about going, could you do something with these new fire engines we've got specifically for um, in airports because they're really agile? And I'm like. Yes, I could do this. And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, but that and it's so strange when you realize this is where my brain sits very happily. Yeah. And that's what's been so extraordinary about having started this relationship with uh, exploring technology and exploring different tech tools and exploring how music composition can work in these environments and how all this comes together is it completely liberates the rules of where you can counter stuff and what it can be. And you start to make really different hybrid connections. And that's why it's the most exciting place to be working because the the those kind of collaborations are not about the ego. They're about responding to an environment or a potential and figuring out the best and the simplest um, bit of magic that you can create. And I think that that's why like I've kind of really fallen into this wonderful journey over the last 10 years with the company. Wow, amazing. So what is your company? Tell us a little bit about... Oh, yes. My company is called Helion Trace. And it basically means a hint of mischief. Helion is an, also is an old English word for a mischief maker and often a female mischief maker. So it's also a hint of mischief that's going to be delivered by a woman. Otherwise, also known as me. Yay, uh, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> um and most of our clients don't pay any attention to that at all. They don't notice, but it's very satisfying when your name of your company has a kind of a, a double layer. Yeah, and we create events um, all over the world which are kind of exploring all this. So we've done, um, we've worked on collaborations and commissions from Japan into India, um, uh, some stuff in China, Brazil. Um, we're in talks with Canada about a couple of things, a lot of stuff in Europe. And that's just been amazing because we're always getting on the ground and really working with local collaborators and really yeah. um, stretching our understandings of where this can be and what audiences want and what's the rhythms of different cities yeah. and how does that dynamic work and how does that rhythm then for, for, um, inform our next projects and, you know, what's that cultural transference that's in there, which is really exciting. What project are you currently working on yeah. that you can talk about? Because we've we've discussed that there are things you can talk about. Yeah. There's quite a lot of things you can't. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. That's a very good question. The uh, first is um, a mass boat dance, which is uh, a synchronized dance routine. So imagine you know when you see a murmuration of birds. Yeah. 
and that flocking patterns or when you watch the corps de ballet if you yeah. ever go to the ballet yes imagine that but with boats great <laughs> in a harbor all lit all swarming and flocking and moving all live scored by a symphony orchestra is the oh, goal um so i'm working on hello. that moment. oh hello, hello. just to begin that completely rechanging what movement can be how we see movement what are the natural patterns in it the the beauty of watching a yacht as it goes around a race and it tacks and changes and the flurries of the sails and the movement of the people on board all yeah. of that and uh, then I'm working on one of my other impossible projects uh, which is a mass train dance um, which is a <laughs> 16th century court dance between two train engines coming in together on the same platform oh wow is this a thing or no, did you just this is the thing I've been wanting to do for years okay <laughs> Oh, so it's like, it's a thing, but you made it up at it's a thing. Yeah. Great. Yes. E- even better. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, trains do not normally do 16th century court dances. I know, um, but, yeah. you know, just uh, yeah. checking. Just checking. Good checking. For the listeners. Um, for the listeners. Um, and so that's a really interesting one because, of course, stopping distances of trains, the amount of tonnage. This is probably one where we'll have to use... Um, very different techniques, very contemporary techniques to be able to allow you to experience it without crashing trains together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started to, <laughs> the looks Hopefully. on our face right now were just brilliant. We were just like, yeah, let's yeah. not, let's not cause a million pounds worth of damage. Yeah. Um, or like kill anyone or anything. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, always no, that. Yeah. Try not to kill anyone with a Always tech a good, yeah. always a good idea. <laughs> always a good idea. And then the nightclub show. So we've yeah. done all the R&D for the nightclub shows. We're just doing the final fundraising so that we can get that produced and out on tour. So that's really exciting because that to me is like... That taking everything I've been doing as a solo performer and d- dialing up the <laughs> the ampage somewhat. <laughs> That's amazing. And my background, dear listeners, although probably lots of you know, was in well, I came out of a very LGBTQI club scene, and uh, you know it's changed because London has changed, and lots of the tiny and wonderful and shitty venues that I grew mm. in and thrived in are no longer but something else has come along other things have come along which are different but equally as exciting so we've got some things to talk about Laura. oh yes please <laughs> that would be marvelous <laughs> what piece of technology pe- changed your life oh good question it can be as mundane as like a plug i mean not oh. that mundane but you know what i mean yes what piece of technology changed my life like, I had a really shitty little Yamaha keyboard when I was little and it had lots of these demos, <laughs> these really terrible, like, <laughs> Yamaha demos. Yeah. And I would kind of mix them up, <laughs> like oh. like I was sort of beat matching, but not really. And they were terrible, and it must have sent my parents mental. But I loved it. Amazing. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's my piece of technology. Or it can be like a like I also had a really shitty Barbie tape recorder, which I think Abby Wade, <laughs> who I've also interviewed for this podcast, I think she had one of those as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing I'm thinking of initially <laughs> is the double tape deck that my parents used to have and recording audio books, books for my dad. Because my dad was registered blind, so I would often for his... Um, birthday prezzies and Christmas prezzies record stories 
I mean, and I was quite young at the time, so this would be things like Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm not sure he necessarily wanted to listen to an entire audiobook version of Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's beautiful. But I did do that. So I think that's kind of like the first time I started playing with making something work for me. And I think that's really quite an extraordinary thing to do. And also, you know, those first times we played with the the, B, the was it the BBC Turtle, the turtle robot used to get in primary school that you could make do different courses. Oh, we didn't have a turtle robot. That sounds great. <laughs> okay. I'm getting triggered and jealous now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as an adult, I think it's... Um, I love that. <laughs> Try not, not, not... Don't mean to make you jealous. <laughs> it had, but it had this awesome Perspex green... Um, shell on the top that allowed you to see all the workings in it. Oh, right. And you could use bricks to lay out courses and then you had to program it to turn the angles. Yes, but, I mean, but that's like a metaphor for your career. Right? <laughs> like, did it light up? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you saw a light up robotic turtle and somewhere in it like went in and was like, oh, yes, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so there we go. It was seven year old self. So everything, all these, this is worrying. There's just a whole set of formative memories of being like between the yeah. ages of like seven and ten that are now really influential into what I make. Locked inside of you forever. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. I think um, I think the thing that really also I loved playing with is um, starting to play with LEDs and visuals and what that brings to the relationship of live performance, especially when you take it away from a screen. So the idea of creating the LED dresses came because we had a huge project which we were touring around the world, which had these stunning interactive visuals and interactive... Um, all the visuals and all the music was generated live by the dancers, but it was all projected onto large, you know, floor to ceiling yeah. projection screens. Great, super beautiful. <laughs> but there is a remove in that and uh, a break of the relationship between the performers and the audience and everything else. And I just wanted that to be on the performer and in amongst the audience and like and and that that relationship with colour and visuals and everything to be um, not flat and not screen based. And so I think actually it's starting to work with really physical tech um, and things which can be tangible and held and are in the real world and are not on screens is also been like a massive breakthrough as well. So tell me, Laura, what woman in tech inspires you? She could be historical or she could be present. She can live in this country. She can be in another part of the world. Um, well, what women in tech yeah. inspire you? Well, there is the most extraordinary women out there at the moment. I think I'm really inspired by the women who I see as being my peers or just beyond my peers. Do you know what I mean? The women who are around me, um, rather than historically, though... Uh, you know, we all take influence from all over the place. Yeah. I think two people who come to mind straight away when you say that. Three. Oh, there we go. Three. Uh, the first is Chagall. Yeah. I, uh, I've known Chagall's work for years and uh, we were both part of Key Change uh, last year. Um, and so I got to know her much more closely. And I find the work she does and her exploration of her role as a composer by using the Mimi gloves. So she's part of the, the coding team behind the Mimi gloves, behind the software. She's, you know, she yeah. has an extraordinary mind. 
But she's also a really beautiful composer. And what she's really found is this amazing um, understanding of how she wants to use these tools to allow her to tell the stories musically and visually that she wants to. And I also think she plays with something very, very interesting, which is that I have certainly heard people who've seen their performance um, make comments on her uh, svelte appearance. Yeah. You know. But interestingly, in her visuals, she plays with very, very different imagery. Mm. And I think there's something really extraordinary about um, the generation of young women and and the generation of creatives at the moment yeah. who are not um, who are exploring their own identity without it always having to be hypersexualized. Yeah, and within their creativity and within their visual storytelling and in their musicality mm. and in their stage presence in a very very empowered way. Yeah, and uh, so her work really excites me because I feel like yeah. there's a real she's really. Um, interested in that dialogue that yeah. that that sweet spot um i have had a really great time getting to know uh portrait xo so rainier who i met initially in the states a couple of years ago um and ended up doing a synesthesia festival with her in la a few years ago and she's a really interesting composer because she has quite extraordinary synesthesia so she um when she uh, eats things, she hears sound and she has colour-based synesthesia as well so when she sees colours she also hears things and she's written film scores before and talked about the the yeah. confusion when they've done an edit on the film after the last edit of the soundtrack so to her the colours on the film no longer match the soundtrack and I'm like oh my god that's, yeah. you know, and so having conversations with people whose perceptions of the world and their senses of their senses it lives in a in a different place is really extraordinary and the work she's doing at the moment with ai generated composition is really exciting that sounds incredible oh she's great yeah. and she's such a generous soul as well so she's part of these women who are sharing going actually this is the mic i love and actually this sound card works brilliantly and actually yeah there's a problem with that so i've kind of ended up hacking this over here and there's a real sharing community in all of that um and i think one of the other women who's really I find super interesting at the moment is Cora Navoa, who I also met through Key Change. So she's a Spanish yeah. um, uh, DJ and techno DJ. And she's doing a lot of stuff with live modular synth techno Oh, wow. Sets, which are... I think you've mentioned her before. She, yeah, she's yeah. diamond. She's totally yeah. diamond. But she has this... Um, but she also runs a really interesting visual label and clothing brand and... Um, she has an extraordinary style and sense of her, again, sense, she's ho she holds herself. She's the whole of herself at all times. Um, so there's something really interesting in that, the way people are thinking about, like you as well, that kind of whole um, composite understanding of our creative selves. So something is not just a public persona in isolation to everything else, you know, yeah. and that unifying of all of our elements as well as just being extraordinary women making extraordinary stuff with extraordinary knowledge and technical skills and musicality Hell and yes. performances and Hell like yes. drive the crowd crazy you know it's like <laughs> bring it on yeah or well, we can't help it we know we can't help being so brilliant well exactly right <laughs> <laughs> no it's um it's 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 amazing to to hear. Well, firstly, I need to Google the, these. You know, I'm Chagall's a friend. I need to Google the other women immediately. But I really like that point you made about Chagall about how you know she's extraordinary looking and actually what she's doing 
with her visuals, what she's doing in her persona is actually quite divorced from the thing that she should be. Yeah. Um, which is which is really... And it takes guts. Yeah. And all of these women and all of us are... Um, so, <laughs> we were being... Um, we were all making choices to stand, to stand true to ourselves. And the reason I was giggling was I was just thinking we were being um, approached by quite a large DJ who was looking for... Um, some wraparound visuals for their set because otherwise <coughs> they know that the voice yeah. they stand there and twiddle knobs and um, <laughs> uh, knob twiddlers yes and in the end they chose to go with some hula hoopers with LED hula hoops um, whether or not it was them or their management um, I don't know but it was really funny because I ended up it, saying to the, uh, the 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 commercial agent who we work with quite a lot it's like Oh, if you just needed more sexy visuals of people in the LED costumes, I could have given that for you. Because it actually, in the end, that's what it came down to is they chose sex, traditionally sexy looking yeah. women. And actually the set looked terrible because the hula hoopers were always at diff were different size, at different heights. Yeah. So therefore the hula hoops were circling at different levels and they weren't actually sound reactive because they only ever run on a program and all these things. And it was just like, oh, you missed out. Yeah. You missed out because you didn't see past the person who was wearing the dress. Yeah. Or the fact that we were going to have to make you additional costumes. Yeah. And therefore, you could have had them in any version of a person's form that it needed to be. It was like one of those moments you just go, ah. You know what, Laura? They got what they paid for. They did get what they uh -huh, paid for. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that brings us to the end of this interview. Thank you so much, Laura Kreefman. Um, I will be putting your some links to your talks and to your website and everything in the show notes. Amazing. And uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you to the awesome Laura Kreefman for coming in and having a chat with me this afternoon. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. Thank you to The Rattle for all of their production support. You can find out more about Witch at Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.com forward slash Witch. You can go to Witch.com to find out news and updates and to sign up to our monthly newsletter. Until next time, thanks and goodbye.